Welcome back to Red Lining. It's been a couple of weeks, and we've had uh, we had a party the other week, didn't we? I can't remember. You can't remember? No. <laughs> you can't remember. <laughs> it, was, it was that fucking good. It was that good. It was great. And we had the time of our lives, and thank you everybody for coming along to Rouge Lining. And um, be prepared for the next one, which we are going to prepare and probably take about two years to recover from that one. Yeah. It was good. In the hot seat tonight, we've got uh, self-proclaimed uh, collector of music slash hoarder of music. He's a DJ. He's a store owner. He's one of the uh, owner of the rock shop or you work at the rock shop? No, no, no. no. Just, just work at the rock shop. Works at the rock shop. Yeah, far too young for that. Oh. It's the one only Nick Collins. Welcome, my friend. <laughs> Great to be here. Good to see you. I was, uh, I mean, like when we talked about having you on the show, you, uh, uh, we've been trying to get you on for a few weeks. You sent me your CV and I think it took me about five hours to read it. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's just the highlights. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, exactly. That's just the highlights. Really. That wasn't even that. It's not even the director's <laughs> cut. <laughs> I don't know where to start, to be honest with you. But let's start with the present. So how are you sure. doing? What are you doing at the moment? Cool. Um, at the moment, uh, just yeah, we're working. Yeah. Working. Uh, so pretty much nearly my whole entire life has been related to music, media, uh, going out, um, at parties. And I know that probably said, yeah, that sounds amazing. But most of what I've been doing is just behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So most of the roles have actually been, um, you know, in, in marketing and uh, everything like that. So my current role is I'm the marketing manager for Web Group, which own the rock shop. They own KBB Music. Yeah. Uh, right. And there's a couple of other businesses as well. Yeah. Uh, so I've been there for nearly two years. Uh, and so basically, if you walk walk past a K Road, uh, if you walk, say, our local one, the K Road one, yeah. uh, up here or any rock shop, uh, and you see the posters in the window, chances are that's come through me in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, all the promo, you know, whether it's online, website, yeah. and all that, uh, yeah, kind of ultimately comes through me and, and yeah. the directors and product managers and a whole bunch of people. So, yeah. So, so you've always sort of kept time. it in the same. Vain like music to all music oriented your whole life, just me. Pretty, pretty much it's yeah. Pretty yeah. much apart from I, I had a had a six year stint of uh, having to get the corporate job. Yeah. Um. You know, I to, to be fair, pr- prior to that was probably one of the worst years of my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was just, that Rico? That was Rico. I thought it was. Yeah. 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 I, we've actually worked together. Have we? We worked on a job together from oh, through a certain production company. So I did a video um, for go. Rico. Yeah. Yeah. Few years back, not a very interesting story. I just thought that's yeah. that's a connection that we've got. Yeah. There. Yeah, to be to be fair, the video side of it was um, one of the one of the fun things yeah. about it. And yeah, to be yeah. fair, so yeah, I said you know for the first time ever, I had to had to suit up, yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> go into the corporate world, which I very much wasn't uh, uh, wasn't used to. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, in those six years, I, I learned you know really really invaluable lessons, which ultimately have led me to the to the current job without without doing the hard yards there. Yeah, was it kind mm. of like well, I don't really like being sued. Mm. Um, uh, the business itself is actually pretty incredible. It was pretty good, but it's just it just didn't suit me. Yeah, yeah. you know, it just didn't suit me. I um, you know, I want to yeah. be able to uh, bring bring a fair bit of myself. Yeah. Um, there, and I I mean, I ended up there absolutely by accident. Mm. Yep. Uh, funny enough, a, f- a friend of mine, a friend of mine that I first started DJing to when he was fifteen, uh, he went on to start putting on parties, mm. and through uh, Up FM, which we'll hopefully we'll probably talk about, yep. which was a um, dance station, uh, he started doing uh, parties, and I ran all his marketing campaigns. To ultimately one day, he hits me up on Facebook, goes, "Hey, mate." Yeah, we've got a we've we've basically got a fill in for eight weeks. I know you're looking for a job. Yeah, uh, do you want to come and 
you know, do, do you want to just come and have a chat? And so I went, oh, okay, that's cool. And eight weeks, you know, ter- turned into uh, turned into two months, then turned into a year, and then turned into a promotion, and then yeah. another yeah, year goes yeah. by and another promotion, and all of a sudden it's six years, and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, that, that the corporate side of it is, is a very, very small part of it, but yeah. mm. everything that I've sort of done has always been music yeah. or media. Yep. Or stuff like that. I just, you know, it's always been just love music and always wanted to be around it yeah. whatever way now possible. You, me- you mentioned Rip It Up magazine just before you turned it on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. What was the story there? Were you a journalist or? Uh, so originally, um, I guess everything's all and everything's kind of all intertwined and I'll, I'll try and um, I'll try and give you the origin story as, as yeah. brief as I possibly can. You know, got into music um started a record store uh as uh, when when i still had that record store i started a radio show Mm -hmm. on a radio station that was the sister station to george fm uh which was called up fm uh and started there after the record store sort of ran its course i ended up as the program director at the radio station became the general manager of that radio station Mm -hmm. uh the owner of the station sold it to the company that bought uh, that bought Rip It Up, that ultimately bought Rip right. It Up. Yep. So uh, Up FM kind of ran its course as well, and they were like, hey, do you want to come and work for Rip It Up doing online content? Yeah. So what happened to Up FM? I, rem- I think I remember it. Like, what was, yep. What's the story there? So Up Up ran from 2002 until 2013. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, uh, any kind of... Um, any kind of dance entity that isn't yeah. a major or one of the two pretty much major corporations, uh, it becomes incredibly hard to find funding. Right. Um, yep. And the business had uh, Groove Guide, it had Rip It Up magazine, and it had Up FM, uh, and they decided to take it in a slight, you know, slightly different, slightly different direction. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so it, it sort of wound up. Was the, um, ma- the magazine, was that was that kind of a New Zealand version of like Mix Mag or something around those lines? Or was so, it more like Time Out? You know, London Time Out? Yeah, so it was, yeah, it, it, it encompassed everything music. So R- yeah. Rip It Up was like an institution of, mm. of music in New Zealand. It, you know, it was interviews of local acts, interviews yeah. of international acts. A lot of, uh, I guess, major players in music or people that have contributed over the years in some way or another have either written for you know written for rip it up have mm. taken photos for rip it up have yeah. been editor for rip it up so severe yeah. was editor for a little while uh murray kamek mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know he was he was heavily involved in it mm. for years i think he might have even owned it at one stage yeah um so it's got a it's got a very rich rich kind of history yeah so um, they do like um uh, event reviews like club reviews and and like review music and in, yeah, interviews so like did, yeah so it was, it was like kind that. of um yeah, everything sort of media related. So yeah, you you did right. It did mm. you know movie reviews. It did uh, you know CD reviews. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. album reviews. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. CD yeah. reviews back on my day. I guess the I guess the you know yeah. it's, it's sort of irrelevant these days with the, the internet and stuff like that. So wrap it up's not around anymore, is mm. it? No, it's gone completely. Not even yes. a digital presence. No. So yeah. it's been um, a lot of that archives were purchased by uh, Audio Culture. Yeah. Um, which is funny enough, Simon Gregg and Murray Kamek yep. is, a, is involved in there, so it's kind of gone full circle. Yep. Yeah. So they own, or to my understanding, they own the uh, all the archives, and this very very slowly yeah. 
preserving it uh, and uploading some of old art, some of the old articles. Oh, that's cool. Which is awesome because when I yeah. when I worked there, you know, you, you basically would be a room of all the old uh, old magazines, and I'd just sit there going, "Man, this is 1984, <laughs> blah blah blah." Yeah. Here's you know, it was like here's the birth, you know, the birth of grunge. Yeah. Here's yeah. an interview with Kurt Cobain, or Fuck. you know, yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that, or. Yeah. A, <clears throat> You know, so yeah. it's got a rich history, and yeah. and if you know anything, yeah. you know, or learn anything about me, is I'm all about preserving the yeah. preserving the history, uh, kind of telling the stories, yeah. uh, and sharing it with as many people, old, young, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as possible. So yeah. I've done, you know, I'm just off my own back. I've, I I do that in a very sort of informal sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love some of those old magazines. I mean, you go into a a shop or someone's house, and they've got like I don't know wrap it up or even even like a TV guide from 1995 yeah. or some yeah. shit and you look through it the ads and you know houses for you know 50 grand <laughs> and, and so yeah. and yeah. things yeah. like that that, and th- yeah. that was and two years ago wasn't it <laughs> just about yeah, yeah. but you see you, you see things like that and I, I was um even some of the old TV shows, like you jump on YouTube now and it's quite classic. You'll see like a 345 Live yeah. or something along those lines. And they're in the, yep. I saw one and it was Nick D. It wasn't a 345 Live, but you know, something. Nick D, I think it was, interviewing Kid and Play. Oh, hip hop from way back. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he was high as fuck. <laughs> like it was weird, it was like Kid and Play was. He was just like, you know, this the whole time. It was fascinating. And watching <laughs> them try to talk around it, anyway. Funny as hell, but seeing some of that old stuff and like come up like that, and just, oh, geez, the memories—it's cool. Yeah, I love it. Oh, it's oh, it's awesome. Though. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's um, the the aesthetic, it's the style. Yeah, for anyone that was there, you you generally have that you know nostalgic moment. Yeah, um, and people, you know, people like telling those stories. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what even that's, that's, Sorry, that's oh, no, I was just gonna say, what was you, so? What was your first role at the magazine? What did you do? At for rip it up. So my, my, my sole role when I was there was online content editor. Okay. So okay. basically anything that you wanted to put online and, and get out there. Yeah. Um, right. So a lot of it was, uh, t- you know, taking the articles that were already in the printed magazine, yep. making sure they were up, yep. but also getting into, I mean, one of the, I guess one of the biggest articles around that time was when Rihanna was here and she got the, that tattoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. like, a, it was a big deal. Like it's... You know, dep- depending on how passionate you are about music, but yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go interview this band, and I just got like these amazing stories out of it, and it'll be like, yeah. yeah, that got a thousand hits. Yeah. But Rihanna getting a tattoo that yeah. got <laughs> 140 thousand, and you're like, uh, <laughs> so you have to. Get, I guess you uh, have cool. to have a certain amount of detachment from the stories where you might, like you say, you might you look at that and go, Pfft. but. You know, you've got to think. Well, this is what people want to read, isn't it? You know, however garbage the story might be. Yeah. Well, I I think it's still. uh, You know, I think if every article was about who somebody getting it, someone famous getting a tattoo, Mm. um, then it would be it would be pretty thin. Yeah. But as long as you get a good balance with some of those really you know passionate stories, yeah. um, Then some of the ones that that ultimately, I guess, in this day, get you the hits. Yeah. Yeah. Then. Then, yeah. You know, I, I can live with it. Can you think of a, off the top of your head, probably not, can you think of like maybe one of the more quirky stories that you probably saw or you can put on? Oh. Robbie Williams shagging some Kiwi chick. Remember that? Yeah. It was tra- when it was, was that? Like yeah. 2002. I think. We didn't del- to, to be fair, we didn't delve too heavily <laughs> into yeah. celebrity gossip oh, yeah. or stuff like yeah. that. For, for me, I guess, c- coolest slash some people will look at it and go, oh. 
Nick. Um, <laughs> I got to interview Nickelback. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and interview. That's not bad. It's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, the, the interview is actually online. You can still yeah, hear yeah. it. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I got to interview Nickelback. Like, how cool is that? How long yeah. ago was that? Uh, that was about 10, 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, so that that all sort of finished up around 2014-ish, yeah. 2015-ish. Right. Um, but yeah, so a request, you know, came through. Um, hey, look, Nickelback are, are, are playing at Vector Arena, Spark Arena now. Yeah. Um, hey, we need someone to interview them. Everyone was kind of like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. And I'm like, give it to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and so I actually interviewed them on nice. RPFM, funny enough, so on oh, the yeah. dance station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Interviewed oh, them on man, there and then cool. transcribed it for the magazine. So, yeah, yeah. Did Nickelback realise that they'd become a bit of a meme back yeah. then? Yeah. And were they, they were yeah. just have picked, taken the piss out of it? They yeah. So one, it? yeah, so basically one of the questions, yeah. you know, one of the questions that I that I asked him, um, you know, one of the, the band member out of it was, um, you know, was it was along the lines of, hey, you, you're very self-aware that there's a bunch of people, uh, you know, a bunch of people that, that just aren't into Nickelback. Mm. Um, you know, what do you say to them? And he's like, he's like, number one, I don't really worry too much about them because we're too busy selling out like arenas. The world over and he's like, well, you know, they don't have to, they don't have to like us. Yeah. Um, they don't have to like us and I get to do like I get to travel around the world yeah, 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 and play yeah. music that I like and clearly other people like whether they want to admit it or not because mm. yeah. they're still showing up to our shows and how incredible is that? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I get it. So okay. it sort of comes, you know, it comes back to uh, I guess what, what happens out there sometimes with, uh, you know, genre genre wars yeah. as well. You know, oh, you're not a real, you know, uh, oh, I only play underground, deep, yeah, progressive, yeah. blah, 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 and house yeah, and yeah. bass and whatever it is. You, you know, and it's like, stuff. at the yeah, end of the yeah. day, if it makes people smile, if it makes them dance and it makes them happy, then matters. like that's, to me, that's, that's you know, that's the job done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, you take your own your own personal sense of satisfaction out of it as well. And you can go, "Yep, I can play obvious ones here and make people go nuts," yeah. or I can maybe take them over here and take them on this yeah. journey. If, yeah. if you know, if you're that kind of DJ, hey, look, I really want to show them this one of one hundred in the world mm. thing yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah. you know that my that my mate made. Yeah. Um, but everyone's got their own little got their own little genre and their own little uh, piece of the pie that they love. Um, that's I mean part of what I love about mm. you know, playing playing other people's music. Do yeah. Do you think that's kind of lost on um, DJs, modern DJs at the moment? The kind of um, what the essence of DJing is potentially about. You know, when you you're, you know it's a job to take people on a journey. They're trusting you to play music that will you know uh, excite them, keep them on the dance floor, whatever. Do you find DJs these days can be a little bit more, more self indulgent, perhaps? It's a question. I'm not saying yeah, they yeah. are. <laughs> I just, no, I, I, I think it's. Um, I think it's all about understanding, understanding the part that you play mm. in where you are. Mm. So if it's a if it's a commercial bar, if you want to, oh, I'm going to educate this crowd. You're probably not really there to educate mm. your crowd. You're mm. there to play the bangers and play the hits yep. and make them go nuts. Yep. If it's a nightclub that bills itself as, say, uh, you know, a house club. And all they do is come in and play remakes of pop records. Mm. Then, for me, that might be that, that might sort of blur the lines between what, or, or more, or more so, the reason I guess I go out. You know, I, if I want to go to a commercial bar, I go to a commercial bar. Mm. I don't really want to go to a 
uh, a house club and hear remakes of the songs that they play at the bar I didn't want to go to. Yeah, uh, that's right. sort of my take on it. Yeah, and certain genres, you know, certain genres throughout throughout history, every you know, all of them have their moments. Yeah. There is if you if you look at it, there's about a three or four year period where a specific genre is the it genre, mm. and then they move on. Yeah. And you normally know that a genre is either about to flip or it's politely over yeah. when yep. it's got every every remix under the sun has been done or, mm, you know, yep. they're remixing, um, yep. you know, they're remixing pop songs as that. Mm, so at, yep. the, at, at the moment, at the current current time at 2023, we're still very much in what I consider to be the pop and bass, mm, right. uh, pop and bass realm mm. where drum and bass was very much this underground dark, dirty thing and yep. it's now evolved into this thing that has very, um, very traditional pop vocals mm. and there's remakes of every song type yep. of thing. Yeah. Um, of course, there's still the underground drum and bass, and that's great, mm. um, uh, you know. But there, there's that. But before that was, you know, your electro house did that, your dubstep mm. did that, your yeah. trap, yeah. Um, you know, trance did that, hard dance did that, yeah. Hardcore in the '90s did that. Yeah. House has always been doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, what's your genre of choice for you? Like, what are you like listening to and like playing? Sure, uh, very. Uh, uh, to be fair, it's probably the hardest. Hardest question we'll have tonight. Um, <laughs> I've always, if, if 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 for me, if it sounds good, yeah, I'm kind of into it. From a DJ point of view, as I guess I've always, uh, I think I was, you know, saying before, sort of the the jack of all trades, and some might yeah. say the master of none. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But since day one, I've always enjoyed kind of every genre. Now, when I say every genre, um, I'm also talking about rock i'm also talking about pop yeah i'm, yeah. Also, I'm a i'm a huge 90s hip-hop head i'm actually yeah. a huge 80s hip-hop head yeah, yeah, yeah. 80s 90s hip-hop head and all of that has been the influence yeah. that has led me from a dj point of view so at the moment yeah. uh at the moment on the dj side of stuff i'd say if it's uh house music that is a little bit quirky mm. yeah uh, and the funkier yeah. end of techno is what i'd consider yeah. to be cool. the genres i like yeah. Uh, and also probably the genres that I'd like to play. Mm-hmm. But quite often I've always kind of been the, uh, I've, I guess I've been the super sub. Uh, people bringing off the bench when they need a, yeah. when they need a fill-in yeah, yeah, yeah. or they need a uh, impact. Yeah. Impact player. Yeah, yeah, impact player from the, uh, you know, from the sideline. Yeah. But, um, but it, with incredible longevity. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Still, you know, still yeah. still to this day, you yeah, know, yeah. you get an old school crew. Hey, man. Yeah. Um, at... at such and such a bar. I need someone to play yeah. Latin house. Can you come and you know? Can you come and do it? Yep, I can do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. hey man, I want someone to come and just you know just just warm our crowd crowd up, but not too hard, not too whatever. Yep, cool. Hey man, I need someone to slay the crowd tonight. Or yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Yep, cool. I'm I'm your guy. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, so it's it, it depends, and and because yeah. of that, I kind of. Uh, at the moment, I've kind of got myself in a in a bit of a situation where I sort of feel like at the moment I'm not really f- fitting in anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and I think part of it is anytime people sees my uh, see my name online or on a flyer, they don't quite know what they're going to get. Right. As well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, we used to have like aliases, and we just take the we take the absolute piss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and come up with names and stupid names. So uh, in the in the late '90s, most people kind of knew me. For playing trance and hard dance, yeah. Even to this day, people still go. 
yeah, man, how, like, how's the heart and trance sort of scene? I've, I still have friends and I'm still involved in it, but I haven't actually played yeah. like those rep, like as a weekly DJ since about 2006. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but, but people like to, you know, people yep. like, to, p- p- like to pigeonhole yeah. Um, as well, so I'll you know, so I'll come out and I'll um, um, yeah. you know, yeah, just play you know, play play the records that I um, that I enjoy. But it's time; it's all very much time and place. Yeah. So, what were some of your aliases? So uh, the most <laughs> obvious one when I was playing the trance and hard stuff, um, because Nick Collins was the name that was known for that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, uh, how am I not going to just start as an unknown, but People are going to know that it's not Nick Collins. And so I went, all right, cool. So we started putting Rick Hollings on. <laughs> we started putting Rick Hollings on it. So Rick Hollings was the house name. Yep. And so I played a ton of gigs, a ton of gigs as Rick Hollings. And so people would go, hey, bro, like, is that, is that you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm like, spot yeah. on, that is me. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so we, we'd do that. Um, so a lot of my background started because I, I, I guess, started going to dance parties really young in my teenage years. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you know everybody had a silly name and everyone had a sort of thing. So I started out, and and some people still still call me it. And the first DJ name I ever had was Scooby. Oh, okay. Yeah. No real understanding <laughs> apart from you know that the cartoon character, yeah. Yeah. and it had a you know, and it was with an E on the end because hey, that's E G. Capital E even. You know. Um, <laughs> Those that know. Um, <laughs> and also at the time, uh, you know, we were playing cheesy music. We were playing like full on, you know, we were playing hardcore. Oh, like so I was happy yeah. hardcore. Yeah, so stuff. happy oh, hardcore. Awesome. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rave kid. I'm a very proud rave kid through and through. It's like, I, I want to be a hippie. I want to yeah. be a hippie. I want yeah. to get stoned on marijuana. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. 145, that was like BPMs or I remember those, those songs being on Triple J Hottest 100 back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. On those albums back in 95, yeah. 96. Yeah. So right. when did you start DJing? When did you first pick up the decks? So I uh, started DJing in 97 uh, yep. is when I first, so uh, yeah, it's been 20, 26 years. Yep. Um, but I was going out before that. Yep. And I was uh, like collecting music. Yeah. Collecting music before that uh-huh. um, as well. It was more a matter of I want to go out. There's nowhere to go out. Mm. Yeah. Um, because I was yeah, the drinking age. Drinking age was 20 at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was about 15, 16 when I first started kind of going out. And in Auckland at that time, there were pretty much there were, there were two brands for any anybody under the age of 20, um, which was uh, Stomping Core um, and there was The Brain. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what were they? Come on, the, so the, the, the big raves. All oh, right. So the, it was a it was a brand that had raves every maybe oh, sorry, mm, sorry, five, yeah. five or six yeah, five or okay, six okay. M- um, months. Yeah, yeah, right. Or right, should right. I say quarterly type thing? Stomping yeah. Core yeah. was very much about the um, uh, the kind of uh, trance that trance era and yeah. drum and bass, and the brain was all about the hardcore, yeah, yeah. The, the rave, the hardcore stuff, and they would get. You know, they get a thousand people, fifteen hundred people to the power station, the town hall, oh, wow. to what is studio now? What used to be called DTM. Mm-hmm. Um, they yep. get a thousand people there, yeah. so I'd go to these things and they'd go all night. Mm. Um, you know, and then at you know seven o'clock in the morning, uh, eight o'clock when buses started, you'd hop yep. on the bus and go back home again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, it was a matter of just trying to lap up as much as I could, but yeah. there was just nothing. No, did you did you ever have any trouble going. getting in? 
What's that? Did you have any trouble getting in? Because you said you were going like under so. The, so the, under these, so these were all ages yeah. parties. Ah, yeah. okay. So, so specifically at that time, there were only two the all two ages brands. Ones. Okay. Yeah. Weren't yeah. they both smart drinks as well? The Brain and Stomping Core. This is pre. This is pre Red Bull and all that. This is the original smart drinks. So just shitloads of caffeine. And, uh, oh, and taurine okay. and gore. Yeah. So they, they, just yeah. do, they just do like soft drinks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's no booze there. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. No. Don't need it. Or was there? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't necessarily mean people weren't doing illegal No, no, no of course yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Are you Auckland born and bred? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I've lived here my whole, you know, I've lived in Auckland my whole life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, re- regarding the rave thing, that was, that, yeah. that was you know, that was yep. it. Yeah. And so we basically, you know, through high school, we got a rave crew together. Yeah. And that's that's what we did, and I was like, so, oh, I love this. I'm like, everything about this is me, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and, but finding you know finding the music, no internet, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. all the internet had only just sort of started, so yeah. finding the music was damn near impossible. Yeah. So were there any uh, was real groovy around at that time? Yeah, real groovy. Was, so was yeah. that was, was that the go to record shop for electronic music? Or was there others? Uh, there there were so there were there were others. It depends depends on at that time if you were in the know. Mm. Um, and you were you were part of that scene uh, as well because there were there were record stores there were vinyl record stores yeah, yeah. Um, you know uh, in the very early nineties there was Baseline Records which was owned by Sam Hill all right Sample okay. G yep. uh, and Grant Marshall used to work there oh, yeah okay um, and then further down a little bit later on was Quaff Records uh, on High Street was uh, BPM mm-hmm. Records which was owned by Simon Gregg and so. Mm-hmm. Greg yep. Churchill worked there. Mm-hmm. Nick D worked there. Yeah. Philippa worked there. Um, Pressure, drum and bass. Yeah. So they, you know, basically, I'll, yeah. I'll politely say, young kids, you know, <laughs> yeah, as yeah. young whippersnappers, were yeah. um, they all they all worked behind the counter there. Yeah. And there were numerous other sort of just just kind of secondhand record stores around as well. Yeah. Um, so there was a scene brewing. Oh, another one, Fat Wax was another one that. Um, Fat quite a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. So yeah. for so for me as a kid, what I used to do was. Um, I'd hop on the bus, you know, mm. and once every six months would would go into the big bad city, mm. um, and buy up mixtapes. Yeah, yep. so because you know cassette tapes. Yeah, I'd go yeah, there yeah, going. Yeah. The yeah. only way for me to hear this music, yeah. because I wasn't buying vinyl at that time, mm-hmm. was on mixtapes. So I'd walk into BPM and I'd go right, um, you know, there's six yeah, new yeah. mixtapes. I saved up all my pocket money yeah. or after school job money. Mm. That's what I do. Um, yep. Sam Hill was another one that used to work at BPM as well. The um, the mixtapes were they uh, recordings from all over the globe, or were they just for New Zealand? Um, mo- most of the ones that I got were Kiwi guys because they were mm. people that I knew. But they did they did sell yeah yeah probably bootleg versions yeah. of. Yeah. Um, I think when I started getting in, into it, it was around the same year around ninety six. I used to there was a shop in Brighton that I used to go to, and and they used to do like the uh, the audio tape. Um, and they were just ripped off like live sets from yeah. you know, some of the big DJs, and that's how you'd listen to the yeah, that's how you'd listen to the music then. Yeah. Um, I've still got a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so basically, at, at the birth, the birth of the internet, yeah. um, I got myself on basically mailing lists, but a mailing list there was basically like a reply all email chain, yeah, right, um, with yeah. people in the UK. Yeah. And so what I did is, hey, I'm really into this particular DJ. If mm. I send you three t- three cassette tapes here, um, you know, from here, will someone send me three back there? Yeah, yeah. So I started right. getting tapes from a lot of the raves that were over in the UK. So you like yeah. your United Dance and your Helter mm. Skelters, and yeah. you know, so I'd get all the and, yeah. you know the early Andy C ones yeah. and uh, and Brocky and and drum and bass ones, jungle ones and hardcore yeah. ones mm. and stuff as well. So it was just get music 
any way you possibly yeah. can. Yeah. Well, um, like when things were in a more analog way, I like how everything was a bit more deliberate. Like yeah. you were more deliberate on what you wanted. You had yeah. to be you had to really think about it and choose it. These days, I feel like there's too many options. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and yet, and yet, yeah. and yet, the way Spotify and that works, there's too many options and yet none because you just get recommended the same shit over and over again. You end up mm. in the bubble. Whereas if you're more deliberate about what you're looking for, you'll you'll want to branch out a bit more or ask someone in Brazil rather than the UK to send some stuff over. You know, it's a bit more. Yeah, like and that. another another great resource in New Zealand at that time as well was True Tone Records as well. So oh, you yeah. might remember that. The yeah. Oh, one there. They were they were a bit more specialised as well, mm. um, yeah. mainly because there were a couple of real good there were a couple of real good DJs in there that yeah. that were getting stuff through. So they'd mm. get cool. you know everything was an import yep. or considered an import yep. um, there. So that that was also a really great. Um, outlet for getting music and yep. so that's it's just you know it was get your mitts on whatever you could yeah. and like and like you said basically you had the tape and you just wore the tape out yeah, because yeah. you didn't know, you didn't know when the <laughs> yeah, next one was yeah, coming yeah, yeah, yeah. and you sure as heck didn't know what the song was because there was yeah. no Shazam yeah, yeah. so <laughs> trying to figure it out was yeah. damn near impossible yeah um and so I used to collect you know I'd get cuss singles yeah I'd get CD singles yeah uh and then uh as I got more and more uh, I guess developed into the like dance sort of stuff. I just couldn't find anything anymore, and that's when yeah. I went right. I got to start vinyl, and that's yeah. when I started looking around yeah. Auckland. Yeah, and used to walk into BPM, used to walk into Quaff, used to walk into there as a as a sprightly teenager. Oh, can <laughs> you tell me what's good? Yeah. Um, you know, and I just couldn't. I couldn't find the records that I wanted. Yeah, um, and so basically. Um, uh, via, via the internet and via that ma- mailing list, mm. I started looking. You know, I started looking around. There weren't, there were bugger all pages, like yeah, bugger all yeah. pages at all mm. um, out there. And there was one which I, I personally credit as probably the first ever like electronic um, New Zealand dance site called Atmos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of went on, you know, went on there and they had a forum. You know, they had a, had a talking, um, you know, a chat, chat forum type thing. Mm. Um, and I found a couple of other Kiwis, you know, a couple. Uh, hey, oh, hey, yeah. And one of them happened to be a, a guy called Adam who was playing at some of these brain parties that were yep. there. And he was importing records, yeah. you know. So he'd send a <coughs> fax. <laughs> uh, so he'd send a fax out like once a week or once every two weeks. Yeah. Hey, guys, what do you want? And we'd just have to order blind. You'd have to go, you yeah, know, and right. be like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, I've got another record with on that label. That might be yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, I know who that guy is. And mm. half the time you just have to believe the bollocks that was written in the description. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, greatest yeah. record ever. Oh, man, that's going to be the great. And you yeah. get it and it's just rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but he said it was the greatest. Yeah, yeah. so you you know, so you buy... So you you know you buy records off the back of that, and maybe yeah. half half of them might be yeah half of them might be good. Were yeah. there any happy mistakes made like that though? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and so yeah, so Adam um Adam was doing that, and we had this we, we, you know forming up our rave forming up our rave crew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and DJs were all starting to order, and it was starting to get a little bit bigger. Yeah. Uh, and what uh, so uh, what Adam realised was. I was getting all these really shit hot records. Yeah, you know. Oh man, oh what's what's that one? Oh, that's really good. Okay, well you, you kind of know, you know, you kind of know what what's going on out there. Yeah. Um, I've got the contacts to make it happen. I wonder how many other people in Auckland are also looking for this type of music, the rave music. Um, oh yeah. And so in 1998, mm. as we opened a record store. Yes. which was called Criminal Records. That's amazing. Right. Um, so I was nineteen. So I wasn't even legal to go into clubs. At that uh, time, yeah. So you started that at 19. Did you have a shop front? So you actually had a shop? We had a shop, where yeah. Was the, where was the shop? So the, sh- the shop was inside one of the other record stores. Oh, right. um, so 
Uh, the record store was Coif, yeah, uh, and so Andy Van worked there. Oh, Philippa yeah. worked there for a while, yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. And the basically the the rule was they did the they did the housey stuff and everything else, and yeah. we did the rave stuff. Oh, well. The whole idea was to yeah. just get a hub of people yeah. going down there, and it would help, and it would help each other. Yeah. And so we had a tiny little yeah. pris- prison cell <laughs> of, a, of a spot. Did you have a like, yeah. uh, listening booth where people yeah. Could go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Yep. Um, cool. And we just used to, you know, we used to import stuff. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, at 19, you know, all of a sudden I, I got my own business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. was just starting to DJ at night. Yeah. Uh, and I had a full, basically had a full-time, uh, sorry, didn't have a full-time job, but had uh, had a part-time job four nights a week, mm. uh, which basically hel- helped me to, yeah. to to fund, you know, fund the record store or at least eat, eat yeah. that week. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, the record yeah. store was... Hey, look, we're building it up. Hey, this yeah. is you know this yep. is a, a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, you mm. know, and then it, it moved. Uh, it moved to uh, two spots over the next two years. Uh, Adam left the business uh, in '99, mm. and uh, then I carried it on uh, until 2000, two thousand December two thousand and eight is when it officially. Oh finished. wow! So I had it for a decade. Wow, that's amazing. So sold, yeah, Shit, so sold, really? yeah, so wow. sold records for a decade, and so yeah. that era. Of 1998 to 2008, yeah. musically, yeah. was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. like quite a few people consider it to kind of be one of the golden ages of yeah. of, especially yeah. electronic music. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the uh, the premise that we sort of had was, um, you know, if if you walk through the door, um, it's not we're too cool for school. It's mm. not, you know, some of the things that we had experienced in record stores because we were young, mm. we were mm. just intimidated by who was behind the counter. Yeah. Yep. You know, and we're like, oh man, they're just going to think we're a dick if they ask, <laughs> yeah. if yeah. I ask yeah. for this. So we, we just true, tried yeah. to flip, tried to flip that mm. um, and make it really welcoming. And so we were predominantly, yeah. predominantly sold um, all forms of house music. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, for, for quite a while there, one of the only stores that sold trance, hard stuff. Yeah. Um, we dabbled a little, funny enough, um, customer orders for hip hop and stuff mm. as yep. well. Did you keep the premises, or did you move premises? Because you surely uh, grew. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we yeah. so we started in O'Connell Street. Yeah. Um, and then we went. Uh, do you know where um, uh, Elliot Stables is? The oh, food, the yeah. food court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that oh, food wow, court cool. used yeah. to be a little mini little oh, mall. Yeah. Mall. I remember. Yeah. yeah. That. So the, yeah. the structure's still there. So when I go yeah. and um, when I go and eat, I sort of sit there and I'm like, "This is weird." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this is weird. So we're there. Yeah, we're oh, there, okay. but. Funny, funny enough, just ridiculous. We got evicted for noise. <laughs> oh, really? You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Who knew? We, we told you what we were doing. Yeah. We yeah. told you. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So and then uh, yeah, Adam. Adam went off and did his thing, and I kind of had a bit of a crossroads um, of what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, I was still getting records. Through, so I'd still ordering them. Yes. Um, mm. And I used to have an FPOS machine, and literally I'd go around to mates' places on a Friday, yeah. Friday afternoon or a Saturday, you know, plug the FPOS into the wall, um, and people come around and listen to tunes. And it just turned into a little mini get together of your mates. Oh, man, that's yeah. awesome. But that was yeah. never ever going to be yeah. bigger than a bunch a bunch of mates, yeah. and it just was really unprofessional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, right, do I want to give it a bit of a nudge? Yeah. Um, you know, and so in uh, the year 2000, I Open properly on on my own, which was on Simon Street, yeah, oh, uh, cool. top of Simon Street. So that that was the longest run of seven years in the same yeah. same spot. Yeah. So um, DJing, did you did you start on vinyl? I started on I started on CD, but I moved really quickly to uh, vinyl. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, at the time, it was more. It was basically a matter of um, 
I was buying all this music from, you know, from mm. your regular music stores. Yeah. I'm like, I want to use that. Mm. Yeah. And then, like I was saying before, I couldn't find no. couldn't find the records that I wanted. Yeah. So if I did actually know the name of it, I just couldn't yeah. find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ring around, I'd go. I, you, we'd take trips to different parts of Auckland mm. because we knew that, for example, uh, Faithless Insomnia, I bought from, um, I think it was Sounds, Sounds Manukau. Because yeah, they yeah, had, yeah. Um, they had a really great hip hop section, but they ha- didn't have a great dance section. Yeah. And all the dance, you know, all the dance kids were were over in a in a different in a different spot. Yeah. So we'd travel around Auckland just trying to scoop up the best, yeah, <laughs> scoop yeah, up yeah. the best records you could. So yeah. you used to shop everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, pre pre having a store. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then yeah, with the with the store was ordering it in. Yeah. Um, and then over time. Uh, you know, over time with the advent of uh, you know MP3 and technology, yeah. Um, you know, it kind of it, it died out, and um, yeah. the biggest change, I guess, I no- I noticed was, you know, people would only people weren't coming in as often. Yeah. And that's what I missed. I yeah. missed. Yeah, the yeah. Funny, yeah. funny enough, yeah. talking crap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking absolute <laughs> crap about music yeah. and yeah. memories, and yeah. that was the a real key part was. Yeah. The community building, yeah. you know, and that's a part that you know it took me a long time to realize. That's actually what I really enjoy, yep. and I'm actually okay at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind um, of thing goes online now, isn't it? It's, it's not face, it's not face to face anymore. It's, it's, you know, but it's never the same, text, isn't it? No. Yeah. So the first, yeah. you know, so the first introduction, first introduction, funny enough, to online. So I was saying before mm. that Atmos to mm. me was the first kind of electronic. Like website dedicated to that. Then a couple of other ones popped up, and in 90, uh, 1996, um, uh, my my girlfriend at the time basically started. She she started one, mm. and I was basically the guy that scandal scanned the flyers. So we'd go hit the town, we'd go hit uh, the record stores, yeah. pick up all the flyers, come back and start scanning them. Yeah, yeah. Um, type thing. And so uh, late 1996. Um, she started uh, a website called NZ Rave. Well, it started as nzrave.co.nz, um, became nzrave.com, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, and that ran till 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that basically had a whole bunch of, you know, it was it was community, very community based, and that was all, you know, that was good guys and flyers, and yeah. it was kind of pre pre having audio on the internet as well. Yeah. So we had that kind of, you know, we had that brewing. I had a record store going over here. We were DJing over here. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and a big part of the DJ side of it as well was was uh, representing all ages gigs. Mm. So that's that's something, mm. you know, that's something that I've always sort of uh, believed in, and also something that I think right now, yeah. you know, if we were going, what do we need right now? Mm, I would say I would really love to see an all ages scene. Mm. I would like to see some parties for people that you know are under the age of eighteen because it was basically the you know they were feeder. Yeah. They were yeah. People that I know, you know, people that I know now, mm. you know, most half of them have just turned 40. Mm. Um, but we were, you know, they were coming down 13, 14, 15 yeah. type mm. thing. And yeah. they were listening to that music as soon as they turned uh, 18 or 20, as yeah. the case may be. Yeah. They, were, they were coming to the clubs that we were playing at mm. because yeah. they had this, you know, they had this affinity and they, they knew who we were. Yeah. Um, but it also wasn't just this big jump of, you know, we're 20, we can go crazy in the clubs yeah. and mm. turning, you know, turning club culture a bit, mm. you know, just, just a bit shit. One of, one of the questions we have been asking some of our guests is, is is that thing about 
why aren't the young, younger generation here into house music, trance music? Why is it that they kind of go straight into drum and bass? So whenever you go to a, uh, you know, like, you know, talk about Testament last week, the, the 90, okay, it was the 90s race, it was about to have older people, but even when you go to other house and techno gigs, the age is older, like the demographic is older. So I, I didn't know about these underage parties. So maybe that is the reason why mm. we need to bring that back in to try and get some of the younger generation into this kind of music. So I think, yeah, I, I definitely think there is. Uh, part of that reason is nobody wants to do what their dad did. Um, <laughs> for starters, uh, you know, hey, because I ran my day, yeah. I ran. Yeah. Yeah, well, why the yeah. hell do I want to come out all night? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the culture would be quite different now, though, because... When we went out to like all age, because I went to a few of them as well yeah. way back, yeah. there were no phones, no cell phones oh, or anything. Absolutely. Like that. So you were there Correct. for the music, you got, and yeah. the chicks, but you were there for the music and yeah. the socialising and absolutely. all that sort of thing. Yeah. But these days, yeah. it's there to be seen there. The yeah. tables are sort of turned. It would be it would be interesting to see what would happen if we did that. Yeah. If they oh, make it all about themselves. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of think, think as well, especially in sort of the last decade, um, I'm assuming it's around the world, but definitely in New Zealand, it's it's sort of switched from that club culture to like concert concert mm. culture. Yeah. So mm. every dance act, it's like a, it's a concert. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be it's got to be that big, and it's got to be yeah. there, and they've got to yeah. be, yeah. and it's over by ten. You know, and it's yeah. over by ten o'clock. Mm. Yep. Um, I'm not suggesting that everything has to be all night. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Because you know, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind <laughs> of know, like that, a that work for it's me. a it's a performance. And the music is correct, not necessarily secondary, but not as important as it used yeah. to. That's the, like the reason you go is for the music, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a slow process. Sounds like yeah. you got to wean them back in there. Yeah. If, if you start yeah. the um, all ages thing, yeah. wean and them it, back into it. Yeah, and it, and it's, it's it's exposure. It's exposure yeah. to music, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if if the predominant media outlets, your your George FM, mm. or whatever they're pushing, because it's the 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 hot thing right now, yeah, yeah, um, then of course people are going to gravitate towards it. Mm. What we used to find in the late nineties, you know, was, uh, you know, we we'd sit there and it'd be like, oh, okay, um, the kids really like, you know, Alice DJ Better Off Alone, mm-hmm. type type thing. They like that. They like the big singy songs. Type yeah. thing, but it's the feeder to get them into yeah. Yeah. the more underground yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Okay, you know? Oh, here's here's, here's yeah. a house track that happens to be on the radio. Yeah. Well, I love that tune, but hey, here's three that I never knew existed. Mm. All yeah. of a sudden, they're like, actually, and as you know, their tastes mature, they get older, yeah. um, and those influences all change. Then mm. a yeah. whole bunch of new new yeah, things yeah. came through, and that's what we found, right? Yeah, and, I, yeah, yeah. And, and I very much, I yep. believe that I sort of see that at the moment. That yeah. You know, like as I said, I you know I call it pop and bass. Yeah. Um, but that you know, if it gets a whole bunch of people into it and they discover mm. that that there's a little bit more than that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, they're you know they're going to stick around and they'll come to these parties and they'll support them and it won't just be oh, I'm there for the you know I'm, yeah, I'm there yeah. for the chicks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm there for the chicks and I'm there for the music. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, so it's sort of um, that that that's what I'd like to see, sort of all ages wise. Yeah. Yeah. That there was sort of the as the generations went through it just sort of it just sort of fell off yeah. um, and it was the same with certain you know certain genres as well yeah. almost not existent in Auckland anymore uh, for example you know I, I, tr- you know trance music mm. for for example was one of the most predominant mm. sounds and they get 3,000 people at the St James yeah mm. you know listening to you know Agnelli and Nelson and mm. listening to Armin van Buren mm. yeah. listening to you know who, whoever came through yeah but also at the time, uh, cult- culture-wise, um, you know, trance was basically what 
what popping bass is mm. now. Yeah. Those yeah. those gigs are. Yeah. As mm. I said, it's just the music changes over time, but normally what happens is you still have a core bunch of people that are pushing it forward. Mm. And for certain genres, it just sort of fell off. And yeah. I, I, I feel that, you know, trance was that, hardcore was that, mm. yeah. hard dance was that. Um, Do you think trance is having a bit of a renaissance? Because um, we talk about that. Calvin Harris has brought it back into the mainstream. Yeah. And um, there's no one more mainstream than him. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, do you think that trance will now have a bit of a renaissance? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that pissed on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I, I, I don't I don't I don't think so. Um I think it's awesome that they're using elements of it. Yeah. Um but it's similar to how we got to the to the pop and bass thing. Mm. Yeah. Is, you know, elements creep in over over time. Um yeah. Everywhere else in the world, apart from basically New Zealand, has a trance scene. Yeah. Has three to five thousand people going out to to big parties, and even if you scale it back, because normally the rebuttal is, "But New Zealand's small." Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, it'd be great to get three hundred people out. Yeah. To yeah. an event, and yeah. just lately, there's been a few. Yeah. You know, your Solar Stone, for for example. Yeah. So it's really really tough to do it. So you either have to get an old schooler out that's going to drag everybody out. Yeah. Um, or at the moment, you, you know, you disguise your dance music as an orchestra. Yeah. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Because that's <laughs> because that 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 at the moment is is hot, and it's yeah. also still a relatively new idea. Yeah. It's yeah. coming back and delivering what people know and love. Yeah. In, in a in a more digestible, in a more digestible kind yeah. of form. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the same with music. It's the same with events. Um, you know. So. How I normally gauge it is just on music. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a tune or several tunes that cross over. Mm-hmm. That yeah. someone that's not into trance goes, I love that record. Yeah. A lot of the trance records back then did that. A lot of the hard dance records did that. Public domain, bass in the place was yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, I personally, and it's only my personal opinion, so don't come at me, trance addicts. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think there's been a crossover. You know, there's been a crossover anthem in a very, very long time. Yeah, true. In, in that genre, however, there have been in house, there have been in drum and bass, there yeah. have been in, mm. you know, when dimensions, you know, dimensions top ten, mm. um, you know, in your in your in your country, you know, your genres in in in, in good health, whether you love the song or not. Mm. Yeah, there are people out there getting amongst it. Yeah, um, which I believe is healthy. You know, there's mm. there's there's all those little markets out there. So. Um, for something like that, you know, for me being a teen going, I've got nowhere to go. Yeah. You know, people putting on parties, people just starting small, doing it in a club, basically getting their mates out, their mates come out to support. They go from 50 person to 100 people to mm. 200 people to 300 people and build it up. I honestly think that, that would be the way. Yeah. That would be the way to carry, to carry any genre. Whether it's country, maybe country, I'm not not too familiar with country and western, <laughs> but you know, if you want to make uh, country and western and bass the next big thing, yep. you know, yep. it's it's it starts with ten people, then it yeah. moves. That, that's yeah. how we did it, you know. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna have a rave in someone's garage. Oh, yeah. that you know those those three kids that we bumped into um, at the last party, man, that that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, we got their home phone numbers. We'll call them. You know? Oh, hi, is uh, Jeremy there? You know? Oh, he's out at the moment. Oh, could you get him to call Nick? I'll, uh, you know, I'll give him a home phone number, but I'll only be ho- I'll only be here for two hours. Um, you know, so yeah, that that's yeah. you know, so uh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, so that's my you know that that's my take on how you build it up, and you need really passionate people to yeah. to, to do it. And and what I've found as I've got 
older and a bit more experienced in the scene as well, yeah. it becomes unbelievably hard to keep doing things off your own back. Yeah. Um, you know, people are like, oh man, you should be doing it for the love. <laughs> it's like, believe me, we've done it. I've done a ton for the love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really hard when you walk away from a gig and mm. you know, and you lose money or or financial, you yeah. know, any form of financial sort of stability. Yeah. If you break even, that's a great night out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but once bitten, twice shy. If you're doing it a few times, it, it just becomes. Yeah. So unbelievably hard. Yeah. So finding those keen keen people that are going to go, hey, look, here's a genre that's having a hard time. I'm going to go throw a party that a thousand people are going to come to. That's going to be a really, really hard sell. Yeah. Again, unless you've got a well-known name or an old schooler, yeah. which yeah. which which all helps. So you know, my my take is full credit to anybody. Yeah. No matter what genre, no matter what scene you're part of, that is. You know, putting on the the ten person party yeah. to the fifty person party to going right, we're yeah. going to go hire out this this yeah. big thing. But you can't be that weaning people onto it. You saying before it's um, you know you get the you get the big name or the old school, but then you're still going to get an older crowd to either of them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it's always yeah. just a slow weaning process. Ab- yeah. a- absolutely, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I think every you know all all these audiences also have um, you know there's different demographics there. Yeah. Again, it's like. Most most people, not everybody, mm. you know, but most people don't want to go partying with their parents. And if they're like, oh, I'm going to this, you know, I'm going to this thing because, you know, I'm going to the Ministry of Sound 90s Testament because mm. I grew, you know, I was in my 20s, my prime clubbing age when this came out. And they're like, mm. yeah, Dad, you go hang out with your mates. I'm going to go hang out with <laughs> yeah. mine. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, but there could be something similar, you know, a healthy kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm seeing some of that sort of stuff pop up as well, yeah. um, which is awesome. But also, in, you know, also in saying some of this as well, yeah. I kind of feel like I ha- I've been. I, I don't know where I fit in anymore yeah. at the at the moment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I got a ton to give. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment, I just don't know where it's sort of at. Mm. Uh, and the way the way that I describe it is, it's kind of like a ladder, mm. right? As in 1997 when I started, I was you know I was happy to be here. Yeah. Over time, right? I did this. I did the thing. I did that thing. I played here and mm. I put on this party and I did this thing. You know, my goals are now up here and there. Yeah. A lot harder to reach. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, mm. you know, people will come along, hey, man, why don't you come and blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, you know, that's awesome, but I'm, I'm you know, that that's not really something that, that yeah, floats yeah. my boat anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to do it as well. You know, so what I've, you know, where I'm kind of at at the moment, which I'm actually really enjoying, um, and this is a, a question I've seen you guys ask, you know, a couple of times as well, is the, you know, the whole COVID thing, post-COVID. <clears throat> So uh, what we did, what we did during COVID was in the I think it was the first or second week of COVID, two two of my friends um, started streaming, started mm. doing live streaming, mm-hmm. and so they went and they are they are and I'm you know wouldn't be speaking out of turn they're technically inept, <laughs> uh, or inept, uh, I should say um, you know and yeah. they went cool plug in the phone here and it plugs into that and all of a sudden you can see me yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this is crazy. And so one night, yeah. you know, they they message message out to the mates. Hey guys, you've got nowhere to be. Yeah, mm. come and come and watch me on this Twitch thing. Yeah. And so we, oh cool, you know, and people showed up, and I was yeah. like, oh hey man, yeah, how's it going? And then the following night, it's like, oh, okay, well you play first, and then I'll play after you at eight o'clock. Oh okay. And so on the second or third day, I saw that they were doing it. And I was like. I think you guys are onto a winner here. Yeah. But it just need you just need the structure. Yeah. yeah. You need to pull it all together. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, why don't we do it like a gig? Yeah. Each day. 
Yeah. Whoever wants to play just goes, yeah, I want to play this time to this time. Yeah. We do a flyer and we just start like getting it out there. Hmm. And so we formed a, uh, formed a group called Lockdown Legends. Um, <laughs> I didn't come up with the name, but... Um, and all of a sudden, oh, there's now a thousand... So it, was a, it still is a Facebook group. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it started and it was like, oh, we just got a thousand people in the last like hmm. day. The next day, now we've got 5,000 people. Mm. Holy hell. So it's currently at 13,000 people. Yes. Wow. And <laughs> although lockdown is finished, mm. we still have, yeah. um, there still is a daily schedule mm. that goes on. And anybody that's, you know, anybody that's a DJ that wants to be a part of it can. Mm. And yeah. it's just like, you know, there's a, a small group of people um, that throw it, you know, throw it all together. And so mm. for the last sort of three years, I've been helping helping to drive that. I've just, just recently walked, um, sort of stepped away from it. I'm still yeah. very much a part of it. Yeah. Um, but I'm onto you know I'm onto a few new yeah, yeah. kind of kind of ventures. And of course the lockdown thing ended, and people have gone back to their lives and they've got their jobs and their families, so yeah. they can't commit as yeah. much. But that yeah, turned yeah. into you know from from there that turned into a party. Yeah. You know a party and then another party and then another party. Uh, and now there's uh, lockdown lockdown legends in Sydney. Lockdown mm. Legends in Melbourne. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's and they're amazing. doing, and they're all of them are doing parties, and it's yeah. basically just stemmed from yeah. this yeah. bunch of mates. You know, where the mission, basically, the mission statement was: we want to play tunes. Yeah, we want to we want to drink beers, yeah. and we want to talk absolute crap with our friends yeah, from yeah, anywhere yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah, so you know, one, fun enough during the height of height of lockdown, we had um, you know Binary Finery came and played for us. Judge Jules played for us. Wow. Uh, Lisa Lashes played for us. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of other because they were stuck too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, I'm yeah. sure if we asked them now, they'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, at that much. time, yeah. it was very yeah. much a, a, a snapshot, a captured kind of thing. From their point yeah. of view, it's a good way to carry on being connected to their Correct. fans. You know, so yeah. And so, mm. so for me, it was it was it was a way to continue the the, the media radio, yeah. the radio side of stuff. Mm. Um, and so I still do it. You know, mm. so yeah. every you know every Tuesday night, I still do a show that. Originally started in two thousand and two, yeah, uh, and it ran until two thousand thirteen, which was the you know the end of up, yeah. and then I resurrected it, you know, mm. uh, resurrected it a year ago, yeah, and yeah. that's that at the moment is my outlet, yeah. yeah, just at the moment it's it's a matter of trying to find it's find the audience, yeah, you know, yeah. people still aren't quite oh so you so you play on the internet, you know, you play on the internet, oh okay, uh, I'm not too sure. Mm. And also, depending mm. on what time you play, yeah. you know, it could be in the middle of dinner. You're putting the kids, you know, my age group, yeah, you're yeah. putting the kids to bed. <laughs> um, Is the show uh, on demand? So can you listen to it on demand? So I have, um, I spend a lot of time like archiving stuff. Mm. So my show is available audio. Yeah. Audio wise, yeah. I've got every, oh, yeah. I've got every single one of this run, but I've also got a couple of hundred from, yeah, two thousand and two to two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, and yeah. I used to do another show, which was funny enough about all the so criminal cuts is all about new stuff. Yeah, yeah. as much as I'm about archiving, yeah, I'm all about I'm just such the tune nerd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it comes to, I want to find that tune that is going to give me the goosebumps. Yeah, and I'm still looking for it. 20, you know, twenty <laughs> twenty six years later. Yeah, yeah. So every every day, right? Here's some new tunes through. Right? What's the, what's this? Oh yeah. yeah. So Criminal Cuts is all about pushing yeah. the new stuff. And then I do uh, another show from time to time called Backtracks. Yeah. Uh, and that started as a club night in 2003. Yeah. And then it was a radio show from 2008 to 2012. Yeah. Uh, and then I bring that back. And that's 
my excuse just to play the old records. So where, where can people listen to them? Uh, for me, nickcollings.com. Go there. All the links, like all the links are there. Yep. So I've got, so, yeah, on on that page and from that page, I've got just over a thousand bits of audio yep. on there. So I've got, wow. D, you know, I've got my DJ sets, some are from the 90s, so some of the yeah, hardcore right. ones. Yep. There's probably a few Rick Hollings ones on there. <laughs> Um, some of the other names that we went by at different, you know, different yeah. times. Yeah. Um, so we used to play hardstyle in the early two thousands as well, and yeah. then the hardstyle territory, which is complete it's just piss take. Yeah, just yeah, doing things that were fun. Yeah, yeah. We ran a hardcore brand called Planet Hardcore. Yeah, we used to run an all ages, all ages yeah. parties, which were multi genre called Spectrum. Mm. Yeah, um, we we actually ran a we had a hip hop night. Um, we had a hip hop night called Urban, which was once a month, which was all ages as well. Mm. We used to do club nights, you know, we did club nights all up and down when K Road was like the, yeah, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, you know, in total, I've sort of, would have easily done two, three hundred parties. And yeah. then the stuff that I did with RPFM whilst I was there. Yeah. And then, to be fair, the kind of last party that I did was kind of post, um, post COVID, which was called One More Time. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was myself, General Lee and Daniel Farley. Yeah. We, we got together. Um, that were the three, three, and then Sarah Page was the other one. So she runs uh, a non uh, not for profit called the Kindness Collective now. But back in the day, she used to run breaks, breaks parties. Yeah. So it was just a bu- you know bunch of people wanted to get the old gang back together. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of the last the last party that we did. Where was that? That was everywhere. So that <laughs> was um, that was at Roxy's, Everybody's, um, uh, AV Club. Yeah. Uh, Sad days next door. Yeah. Uh, Impala. Yeah. Before it was Mothership. Yeah. Um, and Lula Inn. Yeah. So down on the waterfront. Oh, so yeah. we did. So every every club was a different zone. Yeah. Oh, and wow. so cool. there was drum and bass there. There was yeah. you know trance here. There's house here. There's electro here. There's yeah. and resurrected basically a whole bunch of the old gang. Mm. Some people yeah. that hadn't played together. Mm. Some people that hadn't played for years. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we did that. And so we did that all through. Uh, talking about you know creating online communities and bringing people together. Yeah. So online, yeah. I've got another you know I've got another one which is called the Auckland Nightlife page. Yeah. Um, and effectively, the, there's one called the I think it's called the Lost Nightclubs of Auckland City, mm-hmm. yeah. and that kind of covers sort of seventies, eighties, and nineties, and this one kind of covers nineties and and above, and they're two quite different things. I I get all up in the I get all up in that one and I freaking love it. Yeah. Um, and we've got our one as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people hop on there and, you know, hey, remember this party? Hey, remember that thing? Um, and quite often with, uh, say, classics gigs that, that do come up, yeah. a lot of people get on there. So the upcoming Ferry Corston yeah. party is on there. Yeah. The Ministry of Sound um, Classical is on there. Um, you know, all, all the, the acts from back in the day yeah. that are still touring. Yep. So it's it's just a chance for a slightly older generation to still be connected, yeah, yep. um, and and relevant to it, yeah. Um, you know, so I've got I've got that, and that's at six thousand or seven thousand members, I think. Yeah, well, oh yeah. Um, you know, and we 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 found we found quite a few years ago basically that there are there's a dare I say an older generation <laughs> of people that still want to be a part of it, but just can't do it in the same way yep. that. They did it, yeah, yep. you know, and and we discovered that. So uh, Greg Churchill uh, and I had a radio show on Holdeki for a year, and it was a dance, you know, it was a dance show on Holdeki. 
Like, when was that? That's incredible, the sheer fact we got to do that. I can't, be- I can't believe there was a dance show on how right. I know, <laughs> I was going to say. What, 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 yeah. 2015 to 2016. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so they changed. It wasn't, they were, they were the rock station for a cr- while. Correct. Well, they, 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 they still are. They, they still are. are. Yeah. I know they did popify a little C- bit more correct. around about that time. Yeah, yeah. correct. So the, the, the content director there was um, a guy called David Riddler who went on yep. to um, basically be the music. I think it's he was the head of music for New Zealand on air. Right. Um, and he was awesome, and he got it, and he was all over it, and he had a great vision for what he wanted to do with the station, not just yeah. us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we showed up one day and went, we want a show, and he was like, oh, man, it's yeah, going to yeah. be, you know. And it took about a year yeah. um, of doing a whole bunch of stuff to, to get it to a point where, um, you yeah. know, I, poli- I politely say the money men upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, went okay. We'll give it a nudge. Yep. So yeah. we did fifty. Yeah, we did fifty shows. Yeah. Um, you know, I um, I messaged Greg today and yep. said that you were coming on the show. Yeah. I said, have you got anything to say about Nick? And he he put, yeah. Uh, Greg did all the work when you did the radio. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he said Nick far exceeded all the expectations as he accepted and totally ran the show for the twelve months it was on air, pretty much steering its direction, artwork, and format with its incredible knowledge and wide ranging taste of all things dance music. It was an absolute pleasure to work beside Nick for those 12 months. Well, what was your relationship with Greg? Obviously good. What was, your, what was it like to work with Greg on that show? Well, for me, for me, it was amazing. Like, you know, everyone goes, and I know Greg hates it, God, you know, Godfather of health. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, um, as I said, I, I basically was just a, you know, a, a punk teenager and I'd walk into BPM and Greg was there. Mm, yeah. And I would see Greg at, part, you know, playing, DJing at parties, yeah. pre-me partying, so... To see the, you know, to see the guy that was, um, you know, that was playing the music. Yeah. Oh my God, it's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh no, I'm definitely not asking for the, <laughs> not asking for that song. He's going to think I'm whack, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, o- over the years, so through Up, so through Up FM yeah. uh, is where we kind of first, uh, so he was part of Oral Trash. Yeah. Um, um, which effectively were kind of New Zealand's biggest electro house act yeah. of, that, of that era. Um, and when he had that show... Uh, it was on George for years, yep. uh, and eventually I, you know, kept having conversations, and they came over to Up, yeah, um, and, and bought that, and we sort of just stayed in contact. And then he didn't have a show for a while, and you know, he got together and went, "Hey, look, have you seen what Holdak you're doing?" Mm. And I'm like, right. "No, what? Oh, we're looking to change." Yeah, you know, yeah. We're, we're changing. We 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 they're heading. Yeah, you know, you know, you know about radio. Mm. Yeah. You know how to do it. Yeah, how, how do we go about this? And yeah. So we just went there and as I said we about a year on and off yeah. um, sat there you know so for me basically going I get to do a radio show with this person that you know A I respect mm. um, A everybody you know everybody knows and respects yeah um, on a radio station that was a you know as a rock station like mm. that's insane yeah, that's yeah. Um, and you know anytime I do anything whether it's a community thing or a rip it up or a, a the up FM thing or my current job it's always all in, right? I'm either yeah. I'm either all in or I'm all out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. If I'm not motivated, just forget about it. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so for that time it was incredible. Mm. Um, cool. And you know, I'm I'm still surprised to this to this to this day. A that they said yes, yeah. uh, and they allowed us to do it for fifty times. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, you know, yeah. That, I mean, that was amazing. Yeah. So yep. so for us, it was, you know, it was it was pretty surreal 
to sit there going, okay, we're in the Holdaker Studios. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this yeah, is yeah. this is weird. Yeah. Um, and we're going to play some Doof. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Insomnia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, absolutely. So yeah. All, all of those, so the, the radio show was called In It For The Kicks. Mm. Yeah. Um, and all those shows are online as well. Oh, cool. Um, so all 50, all oh, 50 right. of the year. Through your website. Through, yeah, through yeah. nickcollings.com. Yeah. I think I know what my playlist is over the next few days. I know, I'm going to have a yeah. listen. I want to have some of those through that stuff. Um, one, of the, one of the benefits for me uh, as well of doing that show was I had access to the second Holdeke studio. Yep. And so I would go, you know, after work, yeah. and I'd go in there, and I'd line up a lot of interviews with people from the UK. Ah. So it was basically, you know, 8, eight, eight o'clock, 9am ah, cool. their time. Oh, yeah. And so I'd go, right, who's on my wish list? Who do I want to have a chat? Probably similar to, you know, yeah. maybe the conversations you guys are having. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, who do I want to talk to? How mm. am I going to get them on the show? I can go, I'm on Horaki, you know, one of New Zealand's biggest stations that has this, it's got yep. this cred, yep. you know, and so just lined up a whole bunch of people and did some incredible, you know, did some in yeah. incredible interviews through there. Um, and because radio's very sound bitey, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd be having conversations like this and of course, once I get going, I'm very hard to shut up. <laughs> um, that all of a sudden I was having hour-long conversations with people. Yeah. yeah, And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're going to use two and a half minutes of that. <laughs> you were before your time, Nick. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? You know, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so we started always offering up extras. Yeah. So every week we'd put the show up. Yeah. Um, so obviously to play live to ear, we'd put the show up. And then I'd go, that was the two and a half minute version. Here's the 30 minute yeah. version with this person. Yeah. Yeah. Here's three other things you didn't know that we yeah. did at that time. Yeah. And basically for me, I just got to chat with, you know, chat with people I respected. St yeah. Standout interview. Can you remember? Through that. Uh, for me, Age of Love. Uh, sorry, Jam. So Jam Mama. Gotcha. Mark Spoon's dead. Of course uh, yeah. Jam Mama. Yeah, <laughs> we spoke for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zombie Nation was a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like some of the old, really old school kind of, Yep. Producers there going yep. on. Uh, Liquid, who did the original Sweet Harmony. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to him. Wow. Um, and also. Was that deliberate? You were like pinpointing some of the really old, good kind of like 90s yeah, artists? Basically, just people I wanted to yeah. talk to. Yeah. Wow. That's how it goes, isn't it? People, people, I, people I wanted to talk to. Yeah, exactly. But also to balance that out, of yeah. course, we, we, had, we had a ton of new, yeah, yeah. You know, new producers or hot producers at the time. Yeah. 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 Uh, and also, it was really, really important for us. Uh, and it always has been in any of the media outlets that I've done that I represent Kiwis as well. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, all the all the people that you'd probably expect came through at different times yeah. um, as well. And so I had big, you know, had, had large chats with them and made yeah. sure that they were, got to represent whatever their new single was, whatever yeah. their, yeah. whatever was. And we had a couple of features. So there was Tales from the DJ booth, which was, yeah. you know, tell us, tell us just disgusting. Tell us just, <laughs> just Filthy things you've seen on a dance floor. Yeah. Um, you know, there was stuff like that. No, and we, should, we should make a note of that. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, and, and getting um, the high profile Kiwis to basically just tell us, you know, tell us about the, you know, the creation of their big song. Yeah. So it was yeah, like, yeah. hey, here's yeah. Matt Harvey, who's was one part of Concord Dawn. Tell us. So before kind of, I guess, everybody else was you know, was sort of getting all the stories out of it. Mm. We kind of got in there. Tell us about that. You know, Tali came through, State of Mind came through. Yeah. Um, new, old, all of that came through. So, yeah. you know, to be able to go, these Kiwi people that are working really bloody hard, I get it. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to represent what's there. Yeah. So in, the, in that capacity, I'm, I'm like, I miss it. Yeah. That's right. You know, I'm, I miss it a lot in, 
it's just a matter of trying to find again the uh, yeah. find that audience out there yeah. and mm. get them going. Hey, I'm doing this cool thing over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you guys are doing this incredible thing over here. Yeah. Hey, come and watch that. Come and listen to this. Mm-hmm. Here's three other things that might be, you yeah, know, yeah. of interest. Hey, and now come talk crap on the website. You know, on this, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. on the, you know, on the Auckland Nightlife page. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now come over to Lockdown Legends, and we've got our streaming going over here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm still although I'm sharing I'm, that love. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, so from a, from a DJ point of view, I'm not really playing much. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not really playing much at all. But still heavily, heavily. Involved. I'm still, yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. as Things I said, it's kind of like I feel like we've got a ton to give. Yeah, and it's yeah. just a matter of finding of where 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 yeah. where the opportunities are. I feel that we could do another podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm get you back on. Oh, we got to fucking wrap this up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Holy shit. Yeah. Man, you're right. You can you can go, and I'm like, this everything's just, this is great. This is brilliant. <laughs> we've, only, we've only just started. I know. <laughs> well, Nick Collins, thank you very much for coming in. I yeah, no, we will definitely get you back. But um, most listeners can only stand for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of mad. <laughs> but thank you. It's been tremendous having you come in. And um, oh man, I, I I'm kind of annoyed actually. We do yeah. have to wrap it up, but we do yeah, have to wrap yeah. it up because I also have to go. So <laughs> thank you very much for coming down. And um, yeah, what? so nickcollings.com.co.nz. Nickcollings.com. To be yep. fair, if you go to both, they'll end up in the same place. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, nick, nickcollings.com has basically got a link tree to, to everywhere. Yep. Yep. Go in there, explore. You will spend yep. hours and hours. I, over the years, have have spent a long period of time yep. digitizing cassette tapes, radio shows. Yeah. Uh, flyers, yeah. Um, every and if you look hard enough, you'll find it all. That's awesome. Uh, out there, as nice. I said, as you know, some say, you know, uh, I, I like to uh, jokingly go music historian. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people say music hoarder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> professional hoarder. <laughs> Bit of both. He hoards everything. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Can, bro. You know, yeah, you yeah. Can, you can decide. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much again for coming in. Thank and you. Uh, yeah, I reckon about six months time we'll get you back in again. Yeah, we'll, uh, definitely. New season, new stories. It'll be great. Yeah, it's been cool. a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.